Welcome to the 16th episode of the Dudes Spake of Dudes podcast. This is not a podcast about the history of trolleys, nor is it a podcast about the gamification of product marketing. This is a podcast about dudes who are spanking dudes and dudes who are being spanked by other dudes. And this show is hosted by two dudes. And I'm Big Daddy Vegas from Las Vegas, Nevada. Hey, Big Daddy Vegas, and this is Scott, a.k.a. Red Spank Scott. Welcome back, Daddy Vegas. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, it's been since, uh, I guess, the last episode you were on was our, our New Year's resolutions episode. So it is now about to be May. Uh, this is good to have you back on. Before we get started, um, I want to alert New York area listeners. Um, I've often heard from folks in New York City who are curious about whether there are any spanking parties out there. And there's one that had been going so well. But um, some folks have apparently started a new spanking party there called Welts. Uh, which would be relevant because we're talking, we're going to be talking about belts and straps, and, and, those, uh, can, uh, and, and uh. those can give you welts. Um, but the name of the party is Welts, and uh, they've had two parties so far. And I have a friend in in New York City who helped organize the first one. Oh, and a podcast listener, hi out there. Um, and he went to the first one. He didn't go to the second one, but he said it was pretty well attended. There were twenty five guys at the first party, um, and they had some icebreaker games. Um, now the location. This is such a New York thing. Um, the location is in – there was one just a, about a week or so ago. Um, the location was in North Brooklyn at a secret location. Um, so there are secret spanking parties uh, with uh, with the two floors for impact play and S&M equipment and stuff like that. Um, so, I, so I can't tell you where it is, but I can tell you if you want information, they have an email for you to sign up. And it is nycinferno at gmail.com so let's get this NYC as in New York City NYC Inferno as in flames at gmail.com so I uh, send them an email they're also on Tumblr and do a, a Tumblr search for NYC Inferno party .com. so hopefully they'll take off people can have some fun at uh, have a speaking party in New York City uh, WAPS actually helped sponsor clothes check there for the last party. So, so if you're interested in New York, want to go to a party, check it out. Um, so with that, let's get into a real dudes section, real dudes, speaking real dudes and, and, uh, having you on, um, I know from seeing you at work that you're a, a real expert on belts, straps and straps. So, we figured we would, for this episode, it's been a while since we talked about specific implements. So let's talk about belts, straps, and straps. So you're, you're our expert, uh, Big Daddy Vegas. So, so what got you interested in belts? I guess uh, there's a couple things. One is, is, you know how hot a guy looks wearing a belt? Yes. Uh, just something that, that thick leather belt around his waist. And from the time we were kids, probably 10 years old, I don't know, maybe less than that, on up, we were always threatened with that belt, that dad's belt type of thing. At least I was. And growing up, I got it a lot. And I actually have one that has been handed down to me from my father to me, which is which I use often. Does he? I, does he? Does he know what you use it for? No, nah, he's passed away. <laughs> oh, he's, okay. He's long gone. But and thank you. Um, 
and it's okay. <laughs> and uh, and he probably does. He's probably looking down right now. <laughs> wow, he's pretty good with that. <laughs> he's really. I've seen I've seen him using. Yeah. He knows how to use the belt. Well, thank you. Um, <laughs> I have a lot of practice. I have a kind of a unique style. Uh, I don't use two hands when I strike with the belt. I use one. I use one to kind of cock the belt back on a, on a strike when I strike a guy's butt. And there's difference between belts and straps and straps. A belt is something where you wear around your waist. A strap is something that is a piece of leather. It yeah. could be a horse leather. It could be uh, used on a horse, a bit or whatever, a bit strap, billet strap. And strop is usually something to sharpen uh, an item, like a razor. So there you go. Yeah. So um, what I uh, so Bossman is also into belts and straps and straps. And actually, I have a nice, uh, pretty decent belt that he will he will actually take off my belt and use my own belt on me. Um, and he also has an authentic, uh, authentic prison strap, a prison strap that he has used mm-hmm. on me. So it's very interesting because as for being someone who's heavily, fo- has been heavily focused on paddles on, on me, me, I'm a very paddle focused person. It's interesting, you know, to feel differences between belts and straps. Um, and so, so from the bottom perspective, from, from having them used on me, um, you, they seem for me, I thought that they would feel, especially belts. I thought that they would feel lighter than a paddle, um, and, mm. but they don't. They mm-hmm. do not. <laughs> uh, they, they they kind of feel a little bit heavy. You can really kind of feel them in you know deep in, deep in your butt when you get when you get hit with them. Um, you know because they're they're sort of narrower and focused than the paddles, and, and the, sometimes with paddles the the paint can get distributed. So it uh, so you get this lighter sort of sting. So um, some of my boys, if some of my boys have said it's a more complete sting, a more kind of thick, like you said, deep in the muscle tissue. Of yeah. The butt. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know um, one of the things uh, you could do sort of uh, longer sessions with them, um, particularly with experienced bottoms. Is uh, you think uh, you know. You've talked very much so. Yeah, how they they the uh, bottom can take more punishment. It's because there's not such an abrupt hit like with a piece of wood, where you can only go for so long and so hard. You can go for a long time with a belt, and then you can take a break, then come right back to it, if you know what I mean. Right. All right. So so kind of talk talk us through. Um, you know, a, a belt experience, a belt strapping experience. What is it that happens as a top and a bottom that really kind of makes a real world strapping belting session work? Okay. Uh, the guys that come to me usually say that they're one into that a particular implement, belts or straps or razor strap, very specific item, razor strap. Um, something very unique, a unique feel about it. It's a very hard bite on your butt, the razor strop. Right. And they have to be cured, the leather cured correctly. And I do that with mink oil and to really bring out the effectiveness of the strop. 
Mm-hmm. And it puts a, an extra layer of hydration into the strop so it gets a, a little weightier, a little more weight to it. Because otherwise, belts and strops are very, very light to begin with. Right. It's effective, but when you have a heavy strop in action, man, that boy feels it. And I have brought a guy to tears with a razor strop. Um, there's a lot of differences between using a strop and using a using a paddle. Yeah, a when little... it, yeah, yeah. Uh, things I've noticed is both a top and a bottom. You know, with with the strop of the paddle. Like, you go ahead. You know, tell me about your experiences, and I'll talk about mine. You know, the differences uh, between the strap and paddle. Uh, you of course we talked about the the length of play. You can go a long time uh, with a belt or a strop, and you don't achieve that white fire. I call it white fire when a guy's butt turns has that white skin, leathery feel to it. Yeah, with, that happens with paddles, and it's kind of a sort of a warning sign. Like if you keep paddling too long after that, then you'll break skin. So you have to kind of be careful when you're using paddles. You, you will absolutely break skin, and the butt will start to bleed, and yeah. we do not want that. However, with belts and straps, you can go much longer. You might have micro abrasions with a belt or a strap. There's different ways to use a belt or strap effectively. Um, for me personally, I like to give a guy a belting when he's in a horizontal position, when his butt is, he's laying down horizontally and I can come straight down vertically with a belt or strap. Yeah, that's kind of interesting because one of the things I've discovered because of my, two things I've learned about belts and straps compared to paddles. One is you could hit higher on the butt safely with, particularly with belts, you know, and that's, I always forget that. And then boss man reminds me when he uses a belt, I mean, suddenly he got, he's hitting me in parts of my butt that I'm not expecting uh, and my thighs, of course. Uh, and then the other thing is um, if you're pedal focused like me, uh, that could kind of backfire a little bit. Cause I've had guys who um, want to be belted bent over. Um, and if you use a belt like a paddle, uh, one of the things that can happen is that you can accidentally um, hit them in the balls uh, with, with the with the belt. <laughs> right, and we don't want that. Yeah, well, most guys do not want that. Um, well, yeah, true. This true. Some guys, some guys who really do, but yeah. So, so what happens is like if you if you play with paddles a lot particularly if you if you like to hit across both cheeks um with paddles uh if you hit in that exact same spot with the belt you may have a tendency to accidentally hit balls and i've done this repeatedly i have to kind of so what i've learned to do is is if i once i start going lower in the butt on the actual sit spot on the belt i will uh focus on hitting one side or the other and not go straight across so you're not at if I, if I remember sometimes I forget and then I hit and I'm like oh sorry uh, and have to readjust and I have to kind of be careful because it takes people out of the scene um, if they're if they're not into that if they're into it um, so right, I kind yeah. of like careful hitting like the right cheek or alternate sides I notice that really experienced strappers and um, will do that especially in that laying down position that you talk about you can uh, start on one side and then switch sides. What's the value of doing that? The value is because his legs, his feet are closer together in proximity. 
So you're never going to have that issue of a, a belt going deep inside the crack of his ass hitting his balls. Mm. You know what I mean? Also, you could if if you have to guy if you pardon me if you have to uh, use a belt on a guy in a bent over position. Again, move his legs together and actually have him move his have family jewels accordingly, so they're out of the way. Yeah, yeah, or, and, yeah. Now, do you you um, when you're using belts, you fold them in half, or do you? Uh, there's the other method that I've seen some guys use, and I really haven't tried it, but I really should. Is wrap it around your wrist, and then you have a single short length of about six inches or so. I do them both, yeah. and here's why. Uh, when I first start out using a belt on a guy, I want to get him used to the feel of the leather on his skin. And what I'll, I'll do generally is I'll wrap it around till I, I'll have about nine inches. The belt length is just a singular piece of leather. It's about nine inches. And then I'll start my warm-up just with that tapping his butt. And, it will, and of course, it's going to get much more intense later on in the scene. That's just to get the endorphins flowing, flowing and get him warmed up to the the belting. Okay, and then what happens after that? Well, that what happens after that is I might use my hand or something and give him some hard swats, and then I'll take the belt and fold it in half, and then I'll start whacking him with the belt like that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you can hit you can hit more places with with belts and straps than you can with paddles. So so what sort of safety? What are the safety guidelines on where to hit with uh, belts and straps and straps? And... Basically, the the you don't want to go higher. You still don't want to go higher than the tailbone, of course, because you never want to impact that kidney region, that you know that that soft those soft tissue areas. You want to stay tailbone down is more effective. And I I like, personally, and there's been some opinions, varying opinions here, but I like to go with the upper thighs as well. And I'll strap his upper thighs very hard as well. And if as, But the endorphins have to be kicked in. Otherwise, they're, they're going to run out the door screaming. Yeah, the um, I think when it, when it comes to thighs... Um, I've like again as I'm beginning back into the bottoming and getting into this belting and strapping the, the the thigh experience is new for me and it's very intense um, and so I would say don't uh, surprise a dude with that. Well, when you don't when you don't know, I, I could say don't surprise like boss man can surprise me with it. Because, you know, you, as you mentioned, the endorphins, when we play, the endorphins are there. So I like suddenly, oh, suddenly, holy crap, you know, he hit my thigh. But I, with someone I don't know, you know, I... And that's, I, a, yeah. that's okay if he hits your thigh there because there's also the trust issue. Yeah. You guys trust yeah. 100%. You, he's he's got like free range. He can do whatever he wants. Yeah. And... Hey, but if he's that person is inexperienced or does has is the first time with you, that's probably not a good idea. Yeah, at least like talk about it. if you're a bottom who's in because like you know some bottoms who are very experienced, very hardcore, like hit me wherever. You know, like Sydney, Sydney, be fine if you you know 
even with never playing with a guy before. Like, sure, hit the thighs. Um, <laughs> um, but others, you know, so if you're a bottom and you're meeting with someone new, belts, you know, for belt straps and drops, and you are or, or not okay with this, it's worth maybe letting that person know and letting the top know as well in advance. And of course, if you're a top, um, it's something that you should talk about before for, before doing with someone new. Um, yeah, and if you know, and if you've never had it in your bottom, it might be something to ask to try. Um, you know, it's one of the things like I didn't know that I would be okay with it until I let Boss Man do that to me. Yeah, but again, you want to do with somebody you know and trust. Yeah. yeah. Because I, I hey, a belt can cut like a paddle can, if you rock it on its side, on its one end. You know, if you're not getting a flush strike, you know what I mean, that, that yeah. surface area is completely hitting the butt, you know, you rock it from one side to the other, you're going to have deep, deep bruising on this guy's butt. So if he can't have marks or bruises, uh, you might want to reconsider using a belt, right. not using a belt. Um, so, so when say you're you're someone who's not experienced in this, but but you you know you have fantasies about belts. What what should you be looking for if you're looking to buy a belt to be used for spanking? Um, there's a couple things. A thick leather belt is always good. I like the thicker the better because it's more coverage area. A garrison belt is great. If you remember that word, you can look it up on whatever, Amazon or eBay, garrison belt. Generally, police and military use that style of belt. Also, if you're a top and want to use a belt and get better with it, I suggest a Dunbury, uh, the bipole or two-hole type of belt. There's, there's the holes in the belt that are right next to each other, and they go through the entire length of the belt. And it's a very, very fast belt. And gives an incredible strapping. Yeah, you don't have to, you know, you don't necessarily have to go incredibly top of the line in order to get. Like my the belt that I the belt that I'm wearing right now, as a matter of fact, um, is just it's from Levi's. So I kind of my I, I, I lost some weight and it sort of rekindled my personal Levi's denim fetish, <laughs> and so I ended up going down awesome. down to down to the Levi's store in Santa Monica. And doing some shopping, and they have these nice, these simple black belts that are just a, a nice thickness, and they have a nice weight to them. Um, and it's funny because I was like, you know, they're they're not, you know, how some if you get cheap belts from some places, some you know, uh, sort of mass market stores like Pennies or whatever, they can be kind of plasticky and don't make, you know, and aren't really right, good for. Yeah, right. yeah. These are these that are works. decent. You know, I don't think this. I'm pretty sure this isn't actual leather, but it is kind of leathery. You know, it, it has a leather feel to it, and so it has the nice weight to it, um, and, and so it works out really well when I'm using it for punishment. Very good. Yeah. Anything, any quality leather, good stuff. Yeah. That's what I recommend. Yeah. Um, tell me about a recent like. Tell me about a specific recent strapping that you gave mm, i had a gentleman uh show up at a hotel room 
in a cowboy outfit. Ooh. He also had a very, very handsome leather belt and a large belt buckle. And great looking guy, nice guy. We have chatted for over maybe, maybe two years. Wow, okay. And he went back and forth with me, like kind of wanting me to spank him to tears. But, of course, you never know if that's going to happen because most of the time it doesn't. Let's be honest. It just doesn't. But when you get that mindset, when you guys are both in sync uh, emotionally, mentally, and physically, it works. So I wasn't sure if this was going to happen with this guy or not. Hey, but I was. I wanted to give him a strapping anyway. His things was belts and straps. And he wanted me to use specifically a, a razor strap that I have at the end. Uh-huh. I said, hey, that, that's great. That's perfect. So he, I'm, he comes to the door, and I grab him by the ear. And we've talked about this. Again, it's always good to talk about um, things you're going to do because that might not go over well with some folks. You know, grabbing them by a body part just might be a little too much. But we had talked about that. I'm gonna grab you by the arm. I'm gonna haul you in, the, haul you in the not house, but haul you in the room. So I did, and I kind of put him in the corner. I said, you know, now, you know, you're here. You're gonna get a strapping, and we talked about why and reasons and stuff like that. So I took him over the bed, and I gave him a hand spanking first. My thing is always giving him a good warm up. Gave him a good warm up, and I used some other things, some other leather paddles that I have. I like using leather because it's not as harsh, I believe, as wood, and you can stay a little bit longer in the session. And I asked him, and he's a very, very, um, very experienced bottom uh-huh. who gets who gets spanked and strapped a lot. I said, "Well, do you want me to use a strap on you now?" And he says, mm, and he was really honest with me. He goes, "No, not yet." I'm not in that headspace. I said, fine. I've got another implement here that I'm going to use on you and and keep on, you know, warming you up and getting those endorphins flowing. And I used, I think, either a billet strap or a leather paddle and a smaller strap. They're only about a foot long. And I used that for a while, as well as some very hard hand swats. I have big hands. And I can spank pretty hard. And then I could tell, you just know when the endorphins kick in. Because the tailbone raises up a little bit, and he's more receptive to getting that spanking. So what I did is I pulled him up, I put him on the bed, and I said, now you're going to get, we had talked about it, uh, seven strokes on each side. Okay, great. So I gave him seven on one side, and then I went to the other side. I put him on the bed and laid him, I want be sure I make as much as I can here into the story, as many fine points as I can. I laid him on the bed horizontally, because that's how I like to give the spanking. Uh-huh. And I gave him seven on one side, went to the other side, and gave him seven more. And I I put my hand on his back. I said, we're not done here, are we? And I said, I'm going to take this further. I'm going to take you to tears now. Are you okay with that? And he nodded his head, yes. And as I told him again, I was very reaffirming to him, you're in a safe spot. 
nothing's going to hurt you, but I am going to finish this. And I laid into that butt of his with a razor strap until he, I could see he was visibly in tears. Wow. And I picked him up, picked him off the bed, put his head in my shoulder, and I let him cry it out. You know, I gave him his space, and it worked very effectively. Yeah, it's great when you're, you know, when you're able, when the, the two of, two guys, two dudes into spanking are able to get into that space. Because that's a, a question that I get a lot is, you know, I want to be spanked until I cry. Is that a thing that, that can happen? And um, it's it's very difficult. I don't know. I don't know uh. how frequently you've made guys cry. I think I've only done it a couple of times. I've only been made to cry I've only been made to cry actual tears twice. Um, Bossman can make me sort of uh, make crying like sounds with it with a heavy weapon kind of thing, but but no tears. Right. So right, this guy, this guy got a weapon, and he he hung out with me for a little while after the after this dropping. We just talked. And I asked him, I said, an honest answer here. I said, how many, how many guys uh, in the last 30 years have brought you to tears? And his answer just shocked me because I, I would say maybe, I don't know, 10 or 20, maybe more. His answer was three. Yeah. And my jaw just kind of flew open. I was just blown away. But it really is, you have to hit all of those points perfectly and he has to be in that headspace with you for that to happen and just and it does and it's it's quite a quite a uh, quite a very cool uh, spanking experience yeah i think I'll, um that's uh so th- that's really uh interesting to uh, have a, a session like that play out i think we'll, we'll end this uh end this real world section with i think uh, one last tip that that when you were talking about using this that i was reminded of if you're a newbie top um what i remember when we had um my friend duke on in episode nine um who is uh uh into all sorts of bdsm uh but his first experience uh in spanking kind of scared him away from spanking for a long time and it was a belt experience with a Mm. with a new new inexperienced top and what happened is that the um the top rushed it and you know you have this i can almost kind of visualize it in my head because we have this sort of fantasy, if you have that fantasy of a, the way that, that adults punish kids, of just like grabbing someone and wailing away at them with the belt. That's the fantasy. The reality is that you don't want to actually do that having experience. So if you're, if you're a newcomer, uh, if you're a new top uh, and you have this fascination with belts, do not rush the experience because, you know, it'll be, it'll number especially with another, you know, young bottom who is an experience. Number one, it could be in too intense at first. That whole thing about hitting the balls, like if you're, if you're inexperienced and you're recklessly whacking away really quickly, that's going to happen. And that's probably is going to be one of those things that scares the bottom away. So, so take it slow it's not like that fantasy of the dad grabbing the kid and just wailing away at his butt with the belt, with a folded up belt. It takes a little bit more careful uh, organizing. Can I say one more thing too? Sure. To, along those lines is practice. Yes. <laughs> Get a pillow with some stripes on it so you can hit the 
the belt right on the line of the stripe. You know, so you're no if you're off by a couple inches, then you're not doing it right. You know what I mean? You need a lot of practice with a belt before you ever attempt to use it on a sub, or I'll beat your ass. <laughs> now you're gonna get messages like, "Sir, I, <laughs> sir, sir, I've." I've done a terrible job using this belt. I, I need someone to teach me how to use it properly, sir. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've gotten those. Yeah, I've been a very naughty boy. Okay, here we go. I have had a couple of young young tops who who've offered to bottom for me so I could teach them, you know, teach them how to use tools, which is something I'm willing to do um, with the understanding that it is, I really do understand that you really want to be a top and you just kind of want to learn these things and I have no expectations. So, but, mm-hmm. so, <laughs> but anyway, um, let's move on to the fantasy life of spanking. Um, and just kind of start off, start this off. Cause it, it was, this was kind of based on a, a brief exchange that you and I had, but, um, uh, I've talked about how I write spanking fiction or I have written a lot of spanking fiction. Um, and, I've noticed recently, and I think it connects to me getting more into bottoming, um, my speaking fiction has taken this sort of turn where I'm getting more and more into when I'm writing these speaking fantasies, um, heavy concepts of humiliation within the speaking. And in fact, like in, in one in the this one series of stories that I write, um, about Aaron's game, uh, the the main character Aaron is discovering that he's very much into exhibitionist tendencies and loves humiliation both as a top and a bottom. He likes the scene to be sort of embarrassing and out of his control. And I've noticed that I've been really, really playing up humiliation concepts. So, um, uh. yeah. So let's talk about the role of humiliation in fantasies why we like to have them, what role they play, and what we could actually do about them. Like, first of all, it's, it's, it goes, it seems to go almost hand in hand with spanking. I, I can hardly think of anyone who's into spanking who, you know, to the degree that they'd be listening to this podcast, you know, who doesn't also have a humiliation component to it? Would would you say the same? Have there have there been guys that you've spanked that just want the physical pain of spanking and don't care about the humiliation? No, there's always, 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 always a component somewhere of humiliation. Yeah. So tell me about tell me about what someone someone wanted to be humiliated and, and how that played out um, in in a scene. You know, what did they want to do? Or want to happen to them? Well, they, I guess, in the grand scheme of things, why is the question, why humiliation in the first place? Yeah. Because some of the guys that come to me are prominent folks in other jobs. Like one one of my friends that I spank all the time is a police officer and another mm-hmm. is a lawyer. They have very prominent positions. When you humiliate somebody, you take control they are no longer in control whatsoever right yeah in um the last podcast episode uh, when i had Jaden on here on episode 15 we talked a lot and you mentioned it earlier in the strap session we talked about headspace 
and getting yeah. you know the things you need to do in your mind to allow yourself to be in the position to be punished um, and humiliation is kind of one of those ways um, uh, you know we hear a lot of people with with age you know a, a component of age play um, being forced to wear you know like being forced to wear you know small underwear you know white right. white uh, you tidy know tidy whities tidy whities and uh, some tops that I know will buy them a couple sizes too small and make the bottom put them on when they get to that location. Yeah, I have. And then, you know, um, and of course, what we're talking about with fantasies, you know, if you go back and listen to the various fantasy sections of the podcast throughout, you'll see there are components of, of humiliation in almost all the fantasies we talk about. And so it's kind of funny that we haven't actually talked about humiliation itself. Um, and, it, you know, there's the child play. And then, of course, bullying. I've talked – we talked about bullying back uh, at Epic, uh, and I talk about bullying all the oh, time. Yeah. Humiliation is a heavy component of bullying, where, you know, and it's a different dynamic if you're not into the age component. Because, like, the, the, the child humiliation is sort of an authority figure humiliation. And then, of course, with the bully scenes, it's you're giving up control to someone who's intimidating – um, stronger than you, and you're kind of giving up control, you know, in that way. And so, for example, um, I love, you know, as a, I'm, I don't have a wedgie fetish myself um, as a bottom, but I love giving wedgies as a bully top. And I've had a couple of guys who who are who are into wedgies. There's someone there's someone that I oh, yeah. there's someone I spank on when he shows up at Moonburn um, who likes getting wedgies, and so I give him wedgies uh, when he's there. Um, and in fact, I no longer. It's fun because I no longer. I don't have to. It's one of those things that you don't have to. Normally, you're you're going to ask someone. Uh, you, you, you like a, like a lot of fantasies. You want to make sure that your fantasy is compatible with theirs before you play out. You don't just grab someone and give them a wedgie unless you know that they have the bully fantasy. Now, if they do have the bully fantasies, it's something that you could do and don't ask, you know, cause that's what the bully fantasy is all about. So with this guy, you know, now that I know that he's into wedgies, um, he doesn't know if it's going to happen or not, or when it's going to happen as part of the punishment scene. So there's this fun sort of, so some sort of unpredictability, which is an important part of bullying. And I talked about that in the bully, you know, when we do the bully podcast. Unpredictability is a very important part of bully scenes. So, so you know, you suddenly, you know, you're spanking him. He's over. He can't see what you're doing, and then suddenly you grab and you yank his underwear up, and you give him a big humiliating wedgie. I had a guy who. Um, who is primarily actually into wedgies rather than spankings who came up for a Moomba party. And there are, there are suspension things at, at, at the place at the, at the club where Moomba, cause it's an S and M club and there's other things that happen there besides spanking. And there is this thing that you can, you know, raise and lower with a, with a switch. And I gave him a hanging wedgie, you know, there's just this massive hanging wow. wedgie and he was suspended um, safely, uh, you know, he was very careful. He he's very experienced with wedgies, so he kind of taught me about how to do that safely. Um, well, I'd like to learn how to. Do that. <laughs> actually, you can show me the next time he's there. I, <laughs> I actually that this was years ago, and I I haven't seen or talked to him oh, since then. Okay. But it was it was a lot of fun. Um, and then I've done the the penny push, which is making the guy get on his hands and knees and crawl along the floor and push a penny with his nose, and you spank him, and so. Um, so, so the one thing, of course, it ties into the feelings of helplessness and loss of control. I think about humiliation. There's this very sort of, 
I, I don't want to say it's masculine because from experience, I know that women who are into spanking are also often, you know, want to have these humiliating parts of their submissiveness. So I don't want to treat it as like it's only a dude thing. But there is a particular masculine dynamic or a dynamic related to masculinity um, about, you know, the the uh, one male, one man giving up control to another man and how we've been socialized um, in a certain way that that means the man gets to do what he wants to do, the, 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 the stronger man. And, you know, and we kind of there are animalistic impulses that we kind of talk about in S&M fantasies. And you see that with, you know, references to alpha, you know, doms and things like that. Um, and it's all about kind of getting into that headspace and that loss of control. And, you know, I was thinking about it more and more about um, why the fantasies were so important. And there are a couple of things it does that, and we talk about it. Um, first of all, when you incorporate humiliation into a scene, um, it allows you to take a break from actual spankings. You're uh, talking about corner time, correct? Yeah, things. Well, not just corner time. Anything that is humiliating. You know, anything that you take a break ah, from the spanking. Gotcha. So you know, when I, you know, I can spank while giving them wedgies, but sometimes I'll just stop and just, you know, and just grab and wedge them for a while, you know, and just make them feel the wedgie for a bit and, and relax for a bit. But yeah, and then the corner time is a way for for the to let the let the pain soak in. You know, and the the other right. thing it does um, uh, that we can experience, uh, we can talk about as tops, is that um, it's it's physically draining to give a spanking. It's painful to receive, uh, of course, obviously, and we don't want to, of course, dismiss the effect how it feels to be getting a spanking. Sure. Um, but as a top, uh, we also need to take breaks from dishing out the spanking. And those humiliating components are a way to do something different with our bodies and yours. So it gives both the bottom a break. It gives the top a break. It allows the top to play with headspace as well. So he gets to, you know, I get to feel like the bully. You get to, you know, you get to feel like the daddy or the coach or whatever right. dynamic is playing out. Um, when I get to be the bully, when I get to be the bully, I can give longer spankings myself and ignore um, especially because, you know, it paddles and hairbrushes. And since I love the over-the-knee position, you can kind of get tired out from doing that. And that lets me, you know, that lets me give, physically give longer sessions as a top. It helps me develop that chemistry and lets me ignore the the the, the exhaustion <laughs> that the body starts to feel as a top. Um, I don't know if, if, if how that, uh, if, if that's how that plays out for you. And you it does. Um, it's the length of play you're talking about, the extending length of play. Um, it could be as like when the guy first gets there to do a, an overall body check of him and search every area of his body. That is extremely embarrassing and humiliating for some guys. But again, that's also extending the length of play. And... Uh, for me, I always use corner time. I love it. I'm a big fan of it. And I'll use it probably at least twice during the section. And you can really lecture a guy when a, a guy has his nose against a mirror or something and really lay into him and say, hey, this is why you're doing this. This is why you're here, yada, yada, yada. 
and then bring them right back over into whatever position you want. You don't necessarily have to use the same position. You can go into another position, um, whatever, over a chair, over a couch, over whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think one thing that, 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 uh, when you mentioned that the idea of lecturing, one thing to keep in mind, <laughs> um, the humiliation needs to match the kind of person that you're spanking. Um, so for example, when I do bottom, I'm, I'm, I, I, I number one, I try to be tough. And number one, I'm a bratty asshole. Um, and I, I, I talked about that. And Sydney is the same way we talked about when I had, when we talked about bratties and I taunt the top. And so the whole, you know, I, I taunt boss man all the time. I taunt, um, I, I taunt the bully all the time. And, um, to, to, to make them torment me. So you need to humiliate those kinds of people in different ways. For example, and for example, um, you know, not letting me up was a thing that happened. And I, I talked about this when the last session I had with the bully, the last time the bully visited is he was getting really intense with me, which was, which was awesome. And, um, there was no bondage. You weren't over the knee. I was, I was pushed down on a, on a, on one of the tables in one of the rooms. And once it started to really hurt, I kept trying to push myself up and he kept physically pushing me down this sort of bully dominant humiliation mm -hmm. kind of thing. Absolutely. And so that is the type of humiliation that works for that particular dynamic. So, so, you know, you don't want to, with someone like me, or someone like Sydney, when we're bottoming, you know, lectures aren't the way to go. The no, way no, to... I'd put you, I would put you in another position and make you hold that position. I, I recently did the same thing and put a guy who was mouthing off and I put him in the diaper position and I made him put his hands behind his head. And I took this little wooden spoon and I commenced to whoop his ass. <laughs> and he, he he shut up. He didn't say another word. He, you know, because bottoms can get really cocky, you know, and dads have to put them in their place. Yeah, we want when we do that. Like I said in the bride episode, we want you to crank up the humiliation component, and, <laughs> and so right. and you, crank up the heat and crank up the heat. Yeah, and then you know one of the things I was really really kind of when we were when we were it's funny because we 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 talk about these episodes before before we record them and i kind of like while we were trying to humor out the humiliation i kind of had a sort of a light bulb moment where i was just thinking about why it had become such an important part of my writing and it's because i've written about spankings a lot i've written like more than i think 90 stories wow. of of Amazing. you know of guys you know getting close to 90 stories of guys getting spankings and much like getting a spanking itself they can start to get really repetitive uh. and the thing about humiliation is it's not just about some well it is kind of a part of role play but the thing about role playing is like it creates it creates more of an experience that you remember because I'm I'm not going to remember the pain. Pain is a physical thing. So I'm going to feel the pain. And then eventually it's going to fade. You can't really remember pain. It's if I don't know sure. if that makes any sense. You can't really remember it pain. Does. But you can remember the parts of the spanking experience that were particularly humiliating. Like I don't remember what it feels like. I I know it hurt a whole lot. 
you know, when I got the the whooping from Boss Man, when I when the bully tormented me like four separate times, you know, on his visit. Uh, and I literally had to have band-aids on my butt. I still don't remember. I don't really remember, but I remember. I remember <laughs> the feel of him push the way that it felt when he pushed me. He kept pushing me down to spank me. Mm. I remember begging him because I had gotten to a point where he had passed my limits, and he had permission to do that. He had. He absolutely understands me, and that I was okay with that. He actually, you know, got me to I, – I said this without thinking about it. I said, like, dude, I love you, but please, you know, and he laughed at me because I said that. <laughs> and he kept right on and going. And he kept on going. Um, and so, you know, I remember teasing, uh, you know, teasing Boss Man and him making me stand in the corner and him – strapping me with his authentic prison strap that has apparently actually been used from a prison historically back in the day uh, on wow. me while I was in the corner and just tormenting the heck out of me. So the, the, what happens is like, I remember each of those experiences individually because the, there was a humiliating component that played out in a different way with each time. And so I think I kind of want to, and the, the idea that the reason that humiliation is an important part of fantasy is that, well, number one, like we talked about, it's an important tool of getting into your headspace, you know, to get into a space as a bottom or as a top where you allow this sadistic and masochistic play to happen. That it's the idea, you know, in your mind of like that either, you know, you deserve this or you can't stop this or, you know, or as a top, you know, I get to be the bully. I get to be the police officer. Um, and this person deserves to be humiliated to show them how wrong they are or how weak they are or whoever that fantasy is playing out. And then the second component is – well, the second component is then, of course, it allows for sessions to be longer, you know, when you Absolutely. want longer play. And then the third component of the fantasy is it creates unique punishment experiences um, when – especially if you're playing with the same person over and over and over again, for both parties, it keeps it from slipping into this sort of rote scenario where you're just one guy spanking the other guy, and it's just a thing that happens. So. Sure. Uh, I, hey, when I, I had a beautiful experience with, as far as as that goes. One of my, my guys who I razor strop on occasion uh, to humiliate him – I made him actually put a coat of mink oil, take the strop apart, and put a mink oil coat on the strop. Uh -huh. And it was fabulous. And he came back to me later. He goes, I will never forget that experience as long as I live. Right. Yeah, I actually made a paddle. I had a, a um, someone, and then it was used on me. It was a paddle that was for you. Unfortunately, it broke. You know, this was back the first time I was a bottom, back, you know, back in my early 30s. Um, and I was at a, uh, a, a friend's place where he, he made his own paddle. So he, he helped me. It was a hilariously bad paddle. Um, I okay. used, I used to have a picture of it on my, on my profile, but since the paddle's done and gone and thrown, it, it broke and it was in a very lightweight wood. And I, essentially I drilled too many holes in them and the, the holes were too big and then it, it weakened, <laughs> it weakened the wood and yeah, caused it to yeah. cause it to split. But he made me make the paddle. And then I, you know, I use, you know, and that's a, that's a fantasy as well of that. You'll see in stories of, of teenage boys being made, you know, forced to make the paddles in wood shop class or by their dads. Then the paddle gets used on them. So, or, or, or 
having the dad, which really happened to me in real life, he went out to the garage and made me listen to him make <laughs> He really made this. I mean, he really made a paddle and drilled it out. The whole He was very good with wood. And he came back in the house and commenced to beat my ass. This is this is me personal personal experience I had as a teenager. Yeah, and, and of course, yeah. and, and the great thing of when you've had those experiences, because like like for people like I was spanked maybe five times growing up. And back to talking about, it, I was terribly afraid there was corporal punishment in school and I, in high school when I grew up in Florida. And I was terribly afraid of getting spanked, not because I didn't want it, but because I did. And I was afraid that people would, you know, that, that, that these adults uh, uh, would discover uh, uh. that I was into it. <laughs> right. Um, awesome. Yeah. And so, so, but there are a lot of people who are into spanking who didn't have those ex experiences. And so one of the great things that you can do is help them live out those fantasies. Uh, and so with that, we'll wrap it up. Now, I do I, I do want to talk a, a little bit. Uh, I got a, a question. It was a sort of a, a series of, of, of a, a conversation with a, a newcomer into the spanking uh, scene who, was, who had some very, very frustrating experiences with trying to have online communications. Um, and he's a young newbie bottom um, uh, in college. And he made a profile and was trying to have conversations with, with, with tops. And it wasn't going well. Um, and what I gathered from him is there were tops who had very particular fetish, you know, very particular fantasies of their own, which, you know, every top and every bottom is entitled to their own fantasies. And um, he wanted to know if this bottom would play along with the fantasy. And it was an age, you know, an age play fantasy one where he, where the bottom would put on diapers. Um, no. So he was, so the bottom, you know, was relatively inexperienced and this did not turn him on. Um, and he, he didn't want to do it. And he's like, and apparently, I don't, I don't know all the details, but apparently the top got upset with him for not wanting to live out the top's fantasy and eventually ended up like blocking him for some, you know, and I, I, you know, there, there may be another side to this, of course, I don't know who the top was. So, um, he was, so, so he was concerned, like, is it okay to tell a top that I'm, I don't like this fantasy and I, I don't want to play this fantasy out. And of course the answer is obviously yes. yes. Um, and he felt frustrated because he felt like he was being judged for not wanting to partake in that fantasy. And, you know, it's unfortunate. It's a thing. It's a dynamic. That, and I think that you and I talked about this in the new year's resolution episode where and it seems to really kind of be a one-way dynamic. It seems to be something that afflicts tops more than bottoms, um, where because tops have this in particular, you know, and in, in age I think plays a role because I think the more, and it's not because they're older, but it's because they're more experienced and they've had more time to play out, you know, to, to play out their spanking experiences that they have a set sense of what turned, what fantasies turned them on. Mm. And, but what happens is that they don't seem to be willing to give bottoms, young bottoms, the space to learn what they're interested in. They only want to have their experience. And it's very, it seems to be, it sounds like a very, very selfish way of approaching it. 
And I don't know why guys do this. I would just recommend against it because what ended up happening is that, you know, this guy is not going to spank this bottom. Um, as for the the young bottom, I think, you know, if you're if you're a newcomer into the scene, no, of course, I'd say, no, you don't have to do anything you don't want to do. You are not obligated to submit to someone else's spanking fantasies. Um, but my one caveat on that, and I think this is what we talked about in the New Year's resolution, if something doesn't turn you on or turn you off completely, and you're not really sure how you feel about it, maybe think about giving it a try. Um, uh, uh, yes, absolutely. I totally agree. Um, make it clear to the other the other party that like I'm not sure if I'm going to like this and be you know maybe be prepared maybe do the whole safe word thing maybe be prepared to say you know this isn't working for me um, because one of the things that will happen is that you might discover that um, something that you thought you didn't like you, it turns out you or thought you, you didn't know whether you liked or not, you may discover that you like when it happens. So I just, that's what I discovered with face slapping. I had no idea that I would enjoy getting my face slapped until I, until I asked boss me to do it. And he did. I'm like, wow. Um, and then of course, the other thing that happens is if you get to know someone, um, and I've talked about this a lot with boss man uh, in regards to, to boss man, this podcast, if you have a decent sort of chemistry with a person, then you might actually even rethink things. Absolutely. And I, I, yeah, there are things that if Bossman wants to do things with me, you know, as a bottom, I would let him do them. And same goes for the bully, but I wouldn't let them, but other guys, I probably would not be able to submit to them just because the, and I can't explain why there, you know, it's not that this other top is doing something wrong or bad. It's just that there's a certain type of chemistry that exists between me and Bossman and me and the bully that and does. History. Yeah. And, and history. Yeah. History of history of, of that chemistry playing out over and over and over again with multiple sessions that allows me to to want to do different things that I would say no to out of hand with anybody else. And so um, because, you know, this this guy, this bottom, you know, and this top, if they had come together and and treated each other with respect um, and just kind of played a bit, if they started getting, yeah. you know, if they started getting <laughs> yes. along, it may have, you know, it may have ended up developing to a place where the bottom will go, where the bottom would go. Well, I know you like this, and I like doing things with you. So let's try a scene where I wear diapers. You right. know, and you, you and we can develop. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. No. Yeah. At that, at that point, you have developed a trust. Yeah. If you can't just jump, you can't like this guy. I don't know this this, this top telling about putting on the diapers and all that crap. Look, get together first, have a spanking, enjoy each other's company, and see what you like, see what you don't like, see what impl implements you like, see what implements you don't like, see what positions you like, see what positions you don't like, and take it from there and build up a rapport, build up a chemistry. Then all of a sudden you have this great spanking relationships where you can branch into other things. And then one thing I want to add, and this comes up a lot, and I experience this a lot, you've experienced this a lot, everyone I've had on the podcast experiences this a lot, is when you're communicating with someone on the for the first time, you have to talk to them like human beings. 
not like I think what happens here is we have all of these hookup apps for you know people you know into sex, and there are some people who are treating S and M hookups um, the same way treating of like treating sex hookups where you just kind of go right into it and say you know uh, I'll get these these messages from people that are that that um, just want me to do some sort of thing with them that I'm not, you know, and they're just right into it. And it's something that I'm not interested in. And I don't right. know, you know, I don't know why they approached me that way. And the only way, you know, they're so caught up in, in their own fantasy that they don't, they always see the other person as a way of getting their fantasy expressed. And it's really bad. And I think that, <laughs> I think the hookup, I think because of the recon, sex, like recon, is that, is that one of the, the apps you're mentioning? Well, no, I mean, just, Sorry I think about... just sex apps in general, because okay. that's, you know, some guys approaches to sex and it works for a lot of guys, but the, the pool for just gay sex is huge. So if I wanted to just go have sex with a guy down the street, there's literally a guy down the street who, who wanted to have sex with me. You know, I kind of have to explain to them. That's, that's not really my thing, but if I wanted to have sex right now, I could stop this podcast and go have sex. Um, yes. <laughs> yes. Um, and I think not my thing either. Yeah, and, and some people are kind of trying to approach spanking fetishes the same way, and it just often just does not work that way, and there is having the opposite effect of pushing it, people it, away. Right. It's a huge turnoff. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm not into fisting. I'm not into whatever. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> it's like, and where did you get that idea that that you could like? Because m- my profile is very, very precise. That I'm into spanking. That's what I like to do. You know, sex is an option. It's not a must. And it's like, where did? It's like, it's like. So I want to come over and have you fist me. I was, Are you kidding me? <laughs> Ain't gonna happen, Bubba. Not gonna happen. <laughs> not my thing. Not my style. Yeah, yeah. So, so I guess you know. I guess I kind of wraps up that question. So, so, so if you're a newbie, yes, you're entitled to say no to particular fantasies. You do, you do not. In order to, in order to get the spanking, get a spanking, you do not have to agree to submit to other the tops fantasies. Um, you should try to find tops, especially when you're new. You know, find tops who are willing to work with you to help you discover what your fantasies are. Um, but if you don't know, you know, maybe be willing to try a bunch of different things and see see what you like and you don't like. And so, um, right, yeah. it's got to be a two way street somewhat. Yeah, you know what I mean. The guy's got to be able to experience other type of implements and positions and stuff like that, and say, okay, fine, not into that. Okay, this big Lexan paddle. No thanks. <laughs> no, thank you. But they might like like the thinner, smaller Lexan paddle. That's a little has a little sharper bite to it, or a leather paddle, or whatever. You see my point? Yeah. Yep. So yep. So just when you start a conversation with someone, treat them like a human being. Do do not assume that they want to jump. That their that th- their spanking fantasy is immediately compatible with yours but that doesn't mean that things can't happen it's just kind of just just be open <laughs> uh and with that um how do folks get in touch with you if they if if they if they want to talk to you best uh, 90 percent of the whole world's on a spank those hookups.com 
if you're not on spankthishookups.com, you should be. And on WAPS. Yes. Okay, get on WAPS. Spank this hookups, Big Daddy Vegas. Thank you very much. Yep, and if anyone wants to reach me, I am on I am on Spank This Hookups as Red SPK Scott. Pretty much everywhere else, I'm Red Spank Scott on WAPS, on Recon, on Tumblr, and I'm even on Scruff. Um, I finally, for the first time, met someone in real life and spanked someone in real life who I had communicated with on Scruff, so that was interesting. So, um, so, but anyway, so, wow. yeah, Good. yeah, so, so thanks very much for everyone for listening. Um, stay tuned for the next time. And, oh, last, one last thing, if you have any questions for, I've got three, three straight dudes who are willing to answer questions about, um, uh, guys who are, uh, if you have questions for straight guys who are into spanking with other dudes, send them my way. Uh, and I'll be sure to ask them. Uh, and with that, uh, this has been Dude Spaking Dudes. Thank you for listening.